<laughs> he wouldn't do the job. Yeah, he would get somebody else to get the job. I'd get Joey Knife to do it. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I got a bunch of cutlery that can do the job for me. Joey Fork. Yeah, so whole, basic, yeah, basically you'll set. Uh, the whole cutlery, the whole cutlery no set. Yeah, the whole cutlery, no family. <laughs> Dudes to Dads is a podcast to help men understand and navigate the transition of being a single dude into a family man. How do we make sense of it all? Well, we probably won't be able to, but let's go ahead and have some fun trying. And we are back. We're back. Alan, how are you? Wonderful. This is dude, great. You know what? I should probably say this is dudes to dads. Yes. Although the intro said that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Another week. Yeah. Uh, anything exciting happening? Uh, no, I went to a comedy show on uh, Long Beach up in. Uh, nice. Yeah, this weekend it was a lot of fun. Very Bill cool. Bear. Oh, yeah. Nice. Great comedian. A lot of fun. A lot of laughs. But yeah, aside from that, everything's good. Very cool. Yeah. Well, uh, we have a very special guest today. Yes. Um, not because, not only because his name is the same as yours, his first <laughs> and name. And he spelled it right. Too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Alan Brown. Alan, uh, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks to both of you. And Alan me. is sitting, well, now I say the Allens are sitting yeah. both live with us. So yeah, Alan is Allens local here. to us. Alan squared. Um, I had met <laughs> Alan, uh, uh, let's call him Alan Brown or yeah. Alan. Well, no, I can't even say Alan B because you're both Alan B. B. We're both, wow. <laughs> got the same initials. And okay. Uh, Mr. Brown. <laughs> um, I met Alan a couple years ago. We were at a conference actually, and uh, just, you know, struck up some conversations and, and really got along and it just I found it fascinating what he does. Yeah. He is actually a productivity coach. Yeah. Um, and specializes in ADD, ADHD, and helping people, you know, overcome that, deal with it. Uh, all kinds of stuff. We will get into it. And yeah. so I invited him in. Um, I thought it would be a great conversation because of dads, you know, not only do, I mean, a lot of kids are diagnosed with this, but for sure, it's also from an adult standpoint, um, you know, and he'll talk about just how a lot of people don't even know that that's what they're dealing with yeah, yeah. and how much it affects our lives. So, right. um, so with that, I wanted to introduce Alan and uh, we're going to have a conversation. You know, yeah. there's a couple things we want to talk about, but uh, but basically, Alan, I wanted to kind of start out. Um, how did you get started in this? You know, give us a little bit of history, a little bit of background. Well, I'm someone who was diagnosed uh, a little bit later in life with ADHD. Uh, it got somehow missed in my childhood, mm. and uh, I was diagnosed at, at the age of 36. And and at that time, I was you're uh, 37 now. <laughs> well, I, let's just say that you look a lot was, younger uh, than you said you were. Yeah, well, that I, I was 20 years ago. Almost 20 years, seriously. Wow. Um, but I had some work done <laughs> on my brain. Yeah, <laughs> it helps. But uh, I'll tell you that when that happened, uh, I was working in advertising, and I'd only been in the advertising business about six years because I didn't start my career until I was 30. Why? Because I was actually a drunk and a drug addict for most of my 20s. It took me 10 years to get my uh, four-year degree. Wow. And so when I 
uh, got that diagnosis, I just the light bulbs went off, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this explains so much." Yeah, uh, it explains the, uh, the the drug abuse, the alcohol abuse, uh, uh, a lot of really risky behaviors I was doing, uh, my very mediocre performance academically, and also my very kind of average progress in the advertising business. Okay. And uh, when I uh, got that diagnosis, I literally ran out of the doctor's office on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, and I, and I ran into a bookstore. Remember, remember those? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, are, those are the things. Yeah. Yeah, they like yes. have like um, paper like, and stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, yeah, it's a building with paper <laughs> glued it. together. Right. <laughs> and I, were you actually looking for a diagnosis at that time, or, or was it something that you just knew something was wrong, and you were sort of going to the doctor to try to figure out what was going? You on? know, it's funny. I'm glad you asked that because we're going to be talking about myths. I hope. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I had actually suspected it five years prior because my boss had been diagnosed after his kid was diagnosed. This is how a lot of adults get diagnosed. Oh, okay. They're eight or twelve. Your kid, old kid gets diagnosed, and then they hear the doctor describing the conditions. Yeah, I always and, thought. It, I mean, which we'll talk about the myths. I always yeah. think it's a kid problem, you know. But one it's of not. the myths, right? One of the myths. Right. So, wow. so I got I got really suspicious about it uh, five years prior to this. I go to my doctor at the time, Upper East Side of Manhattan, some well-educated, you know, well-paid man, yeah. and I said, Doc, I think I might have ADHD, and he says, Oh, Alan, listen, ADHD is a myth created by the media, and what. <laughs> I, I, that's a quote. That is a literal quote. Wow. And he says, what you need to do, you're 30 years old now, you need to do more crossword puzzles. And that's what he did. He set me Sudoku. up. Problems. He did, yeah. He said, yeah. This is before the invention of those. But, yeah. but no, he, he, he literally said, go, go do like the to New York Times. To help you concentrate. Yeah, and whatever. to learn. Yeah. Because he says, you're 30 years old and your brain is changing and blah, blah, blah. So for another five years, I went without this diagnosis and, and struggled. And then I was uh, living in the East Village of New York and I was reading the Village Voice, and on the back of the Village Voice, they used to have the, a bulletin board, just like community sure. postings, and it said, uh, ADHD Adult Support Group of Manhattan, uh, tonight's presentation, doctors who get it and doctors who don't. Uh. And I ran there, I, I went to this thing, and the expert said, you know, well, there are two kinds of doctors. Yeah. And at, by that time, I was at a new ad agency, and I had a new doctor, and I went to that doctor, and I said, doctor, do you do you get it? And she said, <laughs> I do. My 21-year-old son is a classic case, and he uh, has okay. been treated. In so anyway, that's how I got into this business. Now, actually, one more thing. When I went and got those books, I bought about four or five books about adult age. ADHD. I was very excited. I got home to, to, to read them, and then I opened up the first book, and then I remembered, oh, I can't read. Uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, wow. I'm not a great reader. I'm a terrible reader. And I did a little research, and it turns out that 30% of adults with ADHD are dyslexic, and most of the other 70%, while they can read, they have terrible comprehension. So right. I'm thinking, why hasn't someone, if this is the case, why hasn't someone created sure. interactive videos or something? Or audio or something. Or at yeah, least yeah. audio or maybe a picture book for crying out loud. So that's <laughs> what I did. I created instructional videos for adults and teens. So how long ago did you create these? Um, well, it took me a while after the diagnosis yeah, yeah. to actually figure that's what I want to do. So I just I wrote them about five years ago, six years ago, and we created the videos about uh, oh four and a half years ago and put them up. So this is addcrusher.com. Yes. Okay. Correct, addcrusher.com. Okay. So yeah, for those of you listening, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about what the, the program is about, but basically you can go to addcrusher.com. Um, he's got you know some resources there, but then also the program itself, and, and we'll get into that. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. It's just some great, great information for, for people. So 
one of the things I, I you know I want to understand too is we hear ADD. ADHD, that was just something that I, I, you know, we've even in conversation now we're kind of switching them. I was are they interchangeable? Major. Yeah, I was are, are they the same thing? The stuff. Yes and no. It's really kind of semantic. Um, for a long time, it was attention deficit disorder. Um, and then uh, some years ago in the uh, the official psychiatric guidebook, which I think is called the DM, DMV. D- D- DSM-4. Division of Motor, yeah, yeah. motor Vehicles. Yeah. No, DMV, the SPCA, it's a DSM, whatever it is. It's a DSM, and now I think they just came out of the DSM-5 or whatever. But yeah. anyway, they gave it the official, the official umbrella title of ADHD, yeah. under which there are three subtypes. There's the predominantly hyperactive. That's the kid bouncing off the wall. And there can be adults who are still very hyperactive. Yeah. Uh, the other is primarily inattentive. That's me. I was never the bouncer off the walls, but my mind just won't stop. And then there's a combined. So anyway, it really doesn't matter. And which, what does the ADHD you, stand for? Then? It's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Okay. So that's why okay. they expanded the term, because they wanted to make sure that that got included. Got it. Interestingly, I heard about it when I first was in school. I was a psych major, and we went over ADHD first. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, around the time that you were diagnosed with it, was it because it wasn't previously diagnosed for very many people, or is it just something that only applied to kids? Or uh, there were a lot of well, as that as my Upper East Side doctor can attest, <laughs> it was really the feeling that it's a myth. Yeah, and that, by the way, is myth number one about ADHD. <laughs> you know, at around the time I got diagnosed, um, yes, there was a split in the medical community as to whether this is a real thing or mm-hmm. whether this is a pharma conspiracy, which, by the way, is another myth. They're just they're just helping to promote the existence drug, of this condition so that right. they can sell Ritalin and blah. blah yeah, it's blah, just blah, somebody blah. who can't pay attention. Like, I mean, that's or they think that there's just some, you know, hey, you can fix this. Yeah. You know, you should just be able to fix what you're what you're dealing yeah. with instead of it actually being a real problem. Yeah. Right. Tr- try yeah. harder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> just concentrate. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, at when when I was di- at about the time I was diagnosed, uh, they were doing MRI research because MRI technology yeah. had gotten to the place where they could actually now see blood flow in certain parts of the brain, and it was around then that. You had the left versus right comparison oh, yeah. of the ADHD brain and the non-ADHD brain, and you saw more activity in certain areas in this brain and less over here. Huh. And that was the physical, incontrovertible truth that someone with ADHD has a different brain chemistry than someone who doesn't. So the huh. myth should have been dispelled then, yeah. but it still hasn't quite. And this is one of the continuing problems. Wow. So, okay, that's no, it's very interesting. Is um. You know, one of the questions I had is how do, as an adult, how do you recognize, what are some things that you can do to recognize it, that you even have it? You know, as a kid, like you said, there's a hyperactivity and some of those things where, I mean, you bring them into a professional or specialist and then you kind of try to diagnose it that way. But just as an adult and kind of looking at ourselves and saying, wow, maybe this is something I deal with. What are some things that somebody can look at or evaluate to kind of see if it's something they should get checked out? Yeah, first you can look, just look back at your personal history. Um, You know, do you think that maybe you were underperforming, maybe not performing to your potential academically? Um, You know, have you jumped jobs a lot? Have you had issues in relationships? Or looking at your current uh, situation, do you feel like you're kind of always overwhelmed? Uh, Do you have time with, uh, trouble with time management? management, mm. keeping your stuff organized. Um, maybe your wife or your or your husband is kind of on you because, you know, you're not 
you can't put things away or you can't remember things, you're forgetting things. And you just feel like other people seem to be able to get stuff done much better than, than you can. I realize that's a very broad statement. Yeah. And I realize I say, we that, all have sort of characteristics a little bit of, exactly. it, of everything. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. when you are experiencing these issues and they are they are demonstrably holding you back from achievement, getting the promotions, um, being happy. Uh, if it is messing up relationships, then you should really, when as a first step, life. go yeah. online, type in self self test for adult ADHD, get a reputable looking one. There's, I think there's one on psychcentral.com and just take the test just to see directionally if there might be an Got issue on. there. Because yeah. I'll tell you what, here's the big, big thing. And I actually did a TEDx talk on this topic and when I shortly after I moved here to San Diego uh, there are about 9 million adults in the US alone with ADHD and only 15% or so of them realize they have ADHD. So you've got seven point some million adults out there who, like me, are flop, like I was, Mm -hmm. flopping around out there, frustrated. Uh, You have a higher incidence of suicide, a higher incidence of divorce. You have a lot of misery. And we won't get into this, but there's then there's a whole uh, world of issues with drug use and incarceration. But again, that's a big one and we won't go there. But um, this it's really important that if you feel the least bit like you might be ADHD, there is a world of help for you mm. if you get a proper diagnosis. And that starts with just going online and doing a self-test. And, and don't be in denial and don't think that there's a stigma around it because the world really is changing with regard to that. Absolutely. I, and I want to definitely get into some of the different ways that, you know, you, you can't. So if somebody does figure out, hey, you know, maybe I do have it now, then what's the next step? You know, what do I do? But first, I wanted to go over some of those myths. Um, so you had talked about I mean, we've just touched on a couple of them, all the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Myth number one, that it's a myth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. What are what are some of the other common myths about this? There definitely is the one about the pharma conspiracy. And uh, look, you don't have to be, you know, uh, Walter Cronkite. Did I just date myself? <laughs> we know who that is. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be uh, uh, an investigative reporter for Vice. Okay, right. Did I just redeem yeah. myself uh, to know yeah. that there is an overprescription of meds for ADHD, and there is mm-hmm. probably an overdiagnosis of ADHD in children. All right, um, but it is a total myth that the pharma is somehow conspiring to, you know, uh, perpetuate this beyond its its reality, et cetera, and the the reality is, if if it were a pharma conspiracy, let me tell you, there would be a lot more than fifteen percent of the ADHD adults diagnosed. They would right. go out and find. Yeah. But believe me, they are There'd trying. Be a lot to more find, marketing. They are trying. <laughs> they <laughs> would. Good at it. All right. So that's that's another myth. Another really big myth that's important for our dads here is that um, that. You know, a lot of people still think that uh, ADHD is outgrown. Okay, yeah, it's a real thing in kids, but by the time you're 18, 20, and in fact, this is such a a sad myth that in the UK, highly developed country, they don't treat adult ADHD seriously at all. You can't really get treated for it as an adult because the the medical establishment there believes that it is outgrown uh, in childhood. Complete myth. Uh, Yes, about one third of ADHD kids will, through hormonal changes or coping strategies or other changes, will not experience the significance of symptoms later in their life. But 
two-thirds at least of uh, kids with ADHD go on into adulthood and struggle and tend to have lower income, lower job satisfaction. Uh, They will will have higher turnover. They'll have more sick days. There's a lot of research on this. And uh, again, I just want to raise my fist here and ask all the listeners out there if you even suspect, do a little test. Does it it typically, um, it does start in childhood and then continues into adulthood. Is there, like other things, is there an onset in adulthood? Um, there can be um, acquired ADHD, a head injury. Uh, actually, a dear friend of mine in the UK uh, had um, a brain tumor removed, and it resulted in ADHD-like uh, uh, symptoms. But for the most part, it, it sort of starts it's, young yeah, and it just it, never gets it's, dealt it's, with. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. And by the way, it's hereditary. Uh, ADHD is 80% explained uh, by heredity. So uh, that's to your to your question. Yes, it is mostly something that starts really at birth. It may not be identified. And hereditary genetically? Yes. So there's been there's been a gene. I, I forget the, what the I forget what the gene is called, but there's a name for it, the D. I guess DX4. hereditary. I, I ask hereditary genetically, of course. But I was thinking more like also the environment, because, you know, if a child sees the way I mean, you know, having my two kids, they see the way that I handle stuff. They see the way that I do things and they mimic that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if and now imagine if they're genetically de- disposition to have that as well you know and there's a certain thing where you know you have trouble doing certain tasks or you have so not only do they see it but they're genetically disposed to be able to to be hard to identify at that point too they think that's normal right Right. and then you know every other week and i I, you know i have google alerts on adhd they're popping up on my email all the time but you know every every week there's another study that says you know lead in paint uh now correlated with adhd diagnoses um um what was another one recently um i don't know use of some vitamin or Mm. this that or the other thing so there's always something that could other could oh a dyes in food oh yeah Food dies, yeah. yeah. Um, Yellow number five. M and M's are bad for you, <laughs> right? So they're, 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 we don't really know the answers for this uh, officially. We do know that eighty percent of ADHD is explained hereditarily. My mm-hmm. father was ADHD, and uh, if I forget what the stat is, but if you uh, are an I'm ADHD sure, yeah. kids, there's something like a sixty percent chance that one of your parents is ADHD or something like that. Wow. So what are some other what are some other myths? I mean, we have that's I mean those are some pretty good ones. Yeah. But, um, sure. Are there any others that we should keep? Uh, the, other, the other really big one, and this is less uh, germane to our audience here, but no, actually it may be for, with respect to your kids. But um, uh, one of the myths is that it's pri- predominantly in uh, boys. boys. Okay. And the reason that is a myth is because it does get diagnosed more in boys. And a reason for that is boys are more, more likely to have the hyperactive form of ADHD right. and the girls are less likely. So you don't have little girls bouncing off the wall. Also, uh, girls tend to mature earlier uh, than boys, academically, socially, et cetera. So they are exhibiting less of the kind of behaviors um, that the boys Because you said it's not all hyperactivity. Right. I mean, there's other forms of it. I was not bouncing off the wall. I just could not pay attention. I still, to this day, I've only read five books in my whole life cover to cover. And so this was a struggle in grammar school, you know, and and trying to, you know, do a book report. I had to to make the stuff up. I was like, oh, yeah, here, here's my book report. I just just made up a book in my mind. I'm thinking (laughs) of it from my child's perspective or just a child's perspective of how much that has to affect your self-esteem and other things of not really understanding what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and that that's, it's sad. I mean, it's sad to think about that as, as the adult and your children are going through this to not 
try to help in some way. And also you might suffer from it yourself. Sure. Um, but just thinking about that as a kid, like you said, of not being able to, you know, read and the concentration and all those things where they really attribute it often to just other things instead right. of actually getting a diagnosis. Yeah. Oh, the kid just is not very smart or he's just distracted easily. I mean, I hear all that stuff all the time from the kids in the classroom and, you know, all that stuff. It's really, really interesting. Listen, know, uh, growing up, uh, yeah, my father was ADHD. He he didn't admit he didn't kind of admit it until he was one year before he passed away last year. And he thought, well, yes, I may be because well, <laughs> you know, he he died broke and his trailer was a complete mess. And he you know he lost the, the the marriage with the woman of his dreams because he you know he kept choosing alcohol over family life, et cetera. That's one of the predominances yeah. of ADHD. But um, yeah, um, it's just sad for the kids, you know. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, I, and I was going to say that, uh, you know, my father, uh, growing up, it seemed like he called me dummy more than he called me Alan. Right. Because it just seemed like I kept screwing things up. You know, I just, I cracked up a car, or then I broke this, or then I lit a fire on the neighbor's garage. And look, every kid does <laughs> I got a couple this. stories about <laughs> yeah, every, yeah. We all <laughs> kids do this. But <laughs> when it's just a constant, and your brother's not doing it, and your sister's not doing it, and mm. you, you know, and you yeah. really start to think... Maybe I'm a dummy. Yeah. You're right. It it can definitely affect self-esteem. And that self-esteem issue in girls in particular uh, can have some very ugly results. Well, the self-acceptance, which we're going to do actually on a topic on another show uh, in the future, um, that's really a big one is because I could see that your self-acceptance level would be really low. You know, you're seeing everybody else accomplish things or do things. And as a kid, and, you know, we're going to get into that on a different show, but I, I even just watching my son get really frustrated with certain things that he's not able to do as a, as a kid, you know, whether it was, you know, shoot a basket and make it in the basket or, you know, he was in martial arts and he couldn't break a board, whatever it is, that frustration that occurs as a child that I, I can't believe I can't do this. Yeah. I'm horrible, you know, and the sort of the self doubt, you know, and that kind of stuff. So yeah. as the adult trying to figure out what's the best way I can communicate with them and talk with them and not say you dummy like you said your dad may have done what are the alternatives to that you know and how do we deal with that as positively if you will i gotta tell you i think too about today's kids and the kind of workloads they have now compared to oh sure i'm I'm 55 i mean i grew up in the 70s and we we pretty much had free running to school we just showed up when we because i was in new jersey it's like we just we, you know, yeah teach well who are you a teacher get a get away from me I, I, I gotta go have a beer this morning yeah but uh but seriously with the kind of workloads that kids have and the demands on them with sports and everything i can i cannot imagine being the same kid i was right. um where the workload was really nothing compared to what they have now i just can't imagine what uh, kind of a mess I would be. I yeah. would have had, had tutors and everything. Right, right. So we discussed some of the common myths. We understand sort of you know what it is and how to how to recognize it. Um, what are some ways that uh, you can treat it? You know, I mean, there's books. Obviously, like you turn to books. You know, do you, do you seek a therapist? I mean, if somebody was to say, um, you know, oh wait, I think I might have it. What is the next step? And you know, and of course, I want to talk about your program because that's one of the options too. Um, what are sort of the, some of the common ways to treat it? Well, the first line, and you know, I'm I'm not sponsored by the pharmaceutical uh, industry. <laughs> I, I will tell you, out of out of full disclosure, I was prescribed back in 1997 when I was diagnosed. I was prescribed uh, 30 grams of Ritalin. 
and, and 75 milligrams of Welbutrin, which is an antidepressant at higher levels. At lower levels, it's a smoking cessation drug. Uh, and at even lower levels, it is a baseline serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitor. So it just helps with general baseline focus. Okay. That has been my prescription for all these 20 years. It has not changed. And I can tell you that I use less and less and less and less of it every year. Um, but uh, but it works. It, it works. And for 80% of the uh, patients with ADHD who are treated with some kind of medication, they get positive results. Now, I, wa- I want to say this for those who may have tried medication or thinking about it. If the first medication doesn't work, you either have side effects or it makes you feel weird. This also goes out to teen kids who, you know, uh, want to try something, but then they try a medication and it makes them not feel like themselves. And then yeah. they stop doing it and then they end up kind of, ba- you know, f- falling apart in, in, in school. Um there are many different kinds of medications, and someone else can have the same exact prescription as me and had a completely different reaction to it. Right. So please, if you it, you got to go back to your doctor and say this is not working or this makes me feel certain. You keep going back and going back and going back until you get it right. We tried three or four different cocktails in the first four or five months until it is medication worked. the first line. It is the first it line. Is. So it's look, sort of to get things in check. And I mean, it's, it's the single most assuredly effective thing you can do. Again, for eighty percent of the people, and again, I am not a shill for the pharmaceutical industry, and I don't want to have chemicals in my body if I don't have to. I yeah. would prefer not to have this stuff in me, and I use it very. Tactically, I don't go around jack myself up with uh, Ritalin just because I have it. But um, no Ritalin parties at your house. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah, but yeah, no. I think about it. <laughs> and, and look, we also need to acknowledge the tremendous abuse of uh, Adderall and other uh, ADHD yeah. drugs on college campuses yeah, and in schools. Right. So this is not funny business uh, with respect to this. Is, these are serious, serious drugs. But it really is a, a, a three-legged stool. So, um, and whether or not you end up with medication, you may just say, I don't want any of that stuff in my body. Or if maybe you feel that it is a conspiracy and you just want to go without it, that's cool too. You still got two legs on a stool. And one of those legs is diet, exercise, and sleep. This is key. This is, by the way, diet, exercise, and sleep are the first things I teach anybody that I'm coaching, whether they're ADHD or they're just seeking higher productivity. I want to know for breakfast, do you got a Cinnabon in your stomach? <laughs> really? Which, by the way, has more calories than a Big Mac. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, so um, the Big Mac? <laughs> But, uh, you know, that that's garbage. That's sugar and carbs. Yeah. And what we need to be doing is taking in protein, especially folks with ADHD. We have we actually have unique uh, dietary so taking care of yourself uh, kind of processes. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, you got to take care of yourself. Exercise produces neurotransmitters that, to quote uh, Dr. John Rady, who wrote the book on it, uh, acts like miracle grow. For, the, for your brain. It actually yeah. grows your brain. Uh, and then sleep. If you are not getting seven or eight hours of sleep every night or what, you, what your particular body needs, which typically is eight hours of sleep, it is often misdiagnosed as ADHD because it has the same, you, know, you sure. can't focus, you, you can't hold attention, et cetera. So that's your second leg of the stool. And then the third one is uh, what I call brain hacks. Um, and what do I mean by a brain hack? Um, kind of teaching yourself techniques to do things? Yeah, different ways of, of viewing things. Now, uh, not long before I was actually diagnosed, I started to kind of put together some brain hacks that were helping me achieve some focus. And it started when somebody gave me uh, Deepak Chopra's um, mm. seven 
Secrets of Spiritual Success, Seven okay. Spiritual Secrets of Success, I think mm-hmm. it was on, on audio, some a lousy reader. <clears throat> and through that, I just learned the basic idea that you know, you don't have to go into deep meditation to, to meditate. You can just quiet your mind by listening to the chatter yeah. and recognizing that that chatter is that's not necessarily who you are. It's, it's a voice that's mostly your ego. And if you actually listen to it, you'll hear that it's mostly worries about the past, worries about the future, and a lot of petty judgments of this and that. By the way, I, I do like your shirt. Uh, <laughs> your, your hat's pretty nice. Uh, your shirt, I don't know. Right. But anyway, that, if you actually listen to your, your voice, that's what you're doing a lot of. Right. Now, <clears throat> A brain hack just goes in and it, A, recognizes that, and then you just are able to work yourself into, hey, um, for instance, I'm working on this right now, and there are distractions that might pull me away, and I recognize that. So when one of those distractions comes along, I'm going to guard against it by being mindful, by being conscious. and so just and being prepared. Being prepared, understanding yeah. your own brain, also just understanding how you're how your brain works. And, you know, for instance, the fact that the ADHD brain does not prioritize what's most important. The ADHD brain prioritizes what's most interesting at the moment. And that's why we're always off, you know, squirrel, you know, the ha ha, the squirrel (laughs) joke, right? But that's exactly what we do. And the problem with that, uh, and even for regular, what we call neurotypicals, folks that aren't ADHD, but who are just crazy busy, when you sit down to write that important email or to build build that webpage or to edit that uh, uh, podcast, and your phone keeps lighting up or you get that idea that, oh, let me check my Facebook page one more time. This is just pulling us away from the things that we need to do. So there's just one example of a brain hack. If you can recognize that and pull yourself back to this is what I'm doing now. Um, So that's the third leg of the stool. And you can include in that third leg what's called CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. That's where you are, um, you know, teaching yourself uh, ways to to examine your, your thinking and then attach a new behavior okay. to that thinking, mm-hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy. And there are psychologists that can help with that. And there are also uh, coaches, ADHD coaches. Are there a lot of research? Well, at the time, there probably wasn't as many when you were first diagnosed, but I would imagine too, even just research-wise and books and things like that, it's now coming along. There's a little bit more materials for that? It re- there really is. Um, I have, have to say, look, on the plus side, uh, you really pretty much had the invention of the ADHD coaching industry back in 96 or 94, I forget which, with the uh, posting of uh, Dr. Ned Hollowell's book, uh, Driven to Distraction, which was a New York Times bestseller, and it really kind of blew the lid off of this, the myth thing. But uh, now you have probably over a thousand uh, ADHD coaches trained, certified ADHD coaches in the U.S. alone. I know coaches in the U.K. I know coaches in You do a lot of speaking events and things like that. Yes, I just spoke at a conference last year in Amsterdam where there were lots of there are a lot of ADHD coaches in in uh, Holland in the Netherlands um but yes, it really has developed. Uh, there's a lot of literature. A lot of resources. A lot of resources, a lot, a lot of books. But I, I got to tell you, there still are not a lot of interactive. Um, there, uh, there's only one other uh, entity that has produced any videos uh, that are mm-hmm. worth watching. And, and mine are really very instructional and very kind of do this, then do that, then do yeah, that. Yeah, let's let's talk about that a little bit. So your, your website for, for this stuff is addcrusher.com. Is that right. correct? Yep. And so what what do people get on there or what's on there that people can do? Well, primarily we have two videos uh, that are each about an hour long. And each video teaches five basic strategies or what I call ways 
10 ways in total um, that start with diet, exercise, and, and sleep, how to put those into work for yourself. <clears throat> I also teach a basic brain hack for motivation, how to keep yourself motivated. Uh, I teach a brain hack for quieting your mind down. That's way three. It's called shut up of your mind. Because <laughs> I, I grew That's up awesome. in a bunch of Sicilian guys. Yeah. <laughs> shut up of your mind. You know, like <laughs> Joey Spoons. <laughs> My buddy Joey Spoons taught me that one. But, <laughs> he said, ah, shut up of your mind. Yeah, that's I said, right. okay, Joey. But, uh, <laughs> but then I teach ways to, to better manage your time and, and then ways to um, stop losing and forgetting things. So that's, that's video one. Okay. And then we have a bunch of other kind of higher end, higher productivity things in video two. Um, and and that's, that's what you get. Now, they're each one. Are these all downloads? I mean, people. They're actually, uh, you, you can't download the videos. Uh, you I mean, watch, but they're streaming. Yeah, they're streaming. They're stream. Sorry. They're yeah, streaming. That's right. Versus a DVD um, or something. And, but each, each uh, video comes with an audio companion because what I keep telling people is, look, if you just watch this, and we made the videos very entertaining, great graphics. We had a farm firm in London uh, uh, do the post. Well, uh, you're not boring in your videos. I've seen the videos. No. And so you get to, you know, <laughs> yeah, you. but he's animated, he's talking. I mean, it's 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 enjoyable to watch. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's I mean, a lot of cool animation in the background. So that all helps tell the story. Um, but, you know, if you just sit down and watch a video like that, um, and then pat yourself on the back, you know, an hour later for having watched it, and then tomorrow you don't do anything new, what, what's the point? Right. So we have an audio companion, and we say, put that on your iPhone, and then when you go to the gym, you listen and you reinforce the learning. And every one of the, the ways that we teach has an action step, because as Bruce Lee says, knowing is not enough. We must do, or yeah, we must yeah. apply. Absolutely. Otherwise, you don't start creating those new neural pathways that form a new habit. So this is really key, and we reinforce that with the whole package uh, of ADD Crusher, the videos, the audios, and then also we have PDF printouts to reinforce the learning further. That's cool. Really and cool. then you also started another website, um, which this is amazing, but you're doing weekly videos. A TV show. TV yeah. show. That is awesome. That yeah. is awesome. So this is a TV show and this is Crusher tv.com yeah. is that correct yeah tell us tell us a little bit about that well you know this uh, aforementioned author uh, ned hollowell who's probably the the, the kind of highest authority on adhd he's had a whole bunch of bestsellers in the world of general productivity so very well known psychiatrist out of, out of boston um, <clears throat> but he coined a phrase called attention deficit trait and the reason he had to coin that is because when he, as he became more and more famous he had more and more of these very very successful people knocking at the door of his practice saying hey doc I think I have ADHD can you help me with my productivity and he would test them and they wouldn't clinically have ADHD yeah. so he said your attention deficit trait you're just it's just the feeling of the constant overwhelm. And this has happened in part because we have... I can identify with yeah, I mean, we all yeah, do. We, are, we it, it yeah. used to be, look, in the 50s, 60s, and even into the 70s, you know, you had dad goes to work, mom stays home, the kids go to school, and then you come home and you have dinner. But that crap is over, man. Yeah. I mean, everybody is full throttle. Although we're throttle trying all the time. to do that. We are, we're <laughs> trying to get back to it if we yeah. can. But we're all full throttle all the time. And with the art, with our devices on us, we're on call all the yeah. time. So um, we're just, there's so much 
much more demanded of us. So anyway, I thought, you know, what a great way to reach out to anyone who is seeking higher productivity, because yeah. after all, we all feel ADHD, yeah. right? Hey, look, man, you tell me about your ADHD, ADHD symptoms. I'm overwhelmed too, man. My to-do list is two feet long, and I blah, 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 and I forgot to do this. Okay, cool. Maybe your attention deficit trait, that's cool. I got some productivity brain hacks for you. Come on over here. Watch the TV so show. So do you do like tips? And I mean, what, what is the content of the, the weekly of the weekly shows? It varies, but it's all something you can use. And I tend to have an so action actionable with everyone. Something yeah. actionable. So like episode one, we've done 29 episodes now, every single week since we launched in September. Uh, and uh, episode one was uh, decimate your to-do list. And it's basically the brain hack that I briefly described here, which is how to start on a task and then stay on the dang thing and to stay away from multitasking and all these. Uh, this, I think episode two was how to turbocharge your thinking by filtering stupid, ridiculous thoughts that don't you don't need and, and provide a, a mental bullseye That's for awesome. staying in That's that. That's good stuff. Um, really we, sure, just, yeah. we just did one a couple weeks ago on play, the power of play. And by the way, all of this stuff that I do, I always say this, I don't do woo-woo. All right. What's that? What's woo, woo? You know, woo woo. Like oh, I will never do hocus pocus, feng shui, and you know how if you hang your flute a certain way, it'll engender certain <laughs> kinds of luck. I don't do that, and I don't do rah rah. I don't do hey. I think I can help you build a wealth mindset that's going to take you to the next level of blah 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 blah. <laughs> because that crap wears off unless you keep buying the seminars and the books yeah, and all that. Yeah. I teach uh, evidence based stuff, and you'll hear me quote. PhD this, Yale that, MIT this, because I want people to have something that they can believe Exercises in. Exercises and actionable yeah, stuff. Yeah, and stuff yeah. that has actually been proven in the court, not of public opinion, but in the court of the halls of research, right? Don't yeah. we all want that? I mean, you could, you go out and buy supplements and you can't even depend on what's in that freaking bottle. No, yeah. That's that's true. Sure. So that's cool. So we'll check out, I'll, you know, I'll put links to both uh, the, the TV show and the ADD Crusher um, uh, course that you know people can go to um you know we've got a lot of more stuff i want to talk about i think what we're yeah. going to do is have a second episode that'd be great um and continue on and uh get in a little bit more into the effects of uh you know add and adhd for with, with dads and men and how that uh, you know and then also i think i want to get into some tips yeah well um, if a listener has questions i think they should write to podcast at dudesadads.com yep if they have questions for alan or alan or jason <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no that's great uh podcast at dudes to give us feedback as well um and then we can also put you in touch with alan directly if you need to yeah um so let's do that let's I, i'd like to st- i've got a ton more questions yeah so. no we should definitely make it a two-parter so sure. i think we'll do that so alan i would say i'm not saying goodbye uh we're gonna say we're, we're gonna keep recording until next we, week in the magic of yeah. technology <laughs> yeah so it won't be it, the people will hear it next week but yeah. uh we're gonna we're gonna just keep going so yeah. we'll we'll see you in a bit see you next time